This is the Real Estate Investing for Freedom podcast, where we bring on the experts to teach you the golden nuggets of real estate investing so you can escape the rat race and start living life on your terms. Now, here's your host, Dalen Hazel. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the show. In today's episode, I sit down with Dan Kennedy, who is a commercial real estate investor, but he's also a former Major League Soccer player. And uh, he talks about his uh, story and his career as a soccer player and how that helped him transition into real estate and how he got into real estate and also how he transitioned from single family investing all the way to the bigger syndication deals. He and other investors are buying A-class assets in Los Angeles. So big things going on for him. Um, in this episode, I think you're going to get a lot of value if you want to move on to those bigger deals like he is in. And speaking of that, let's go into today's golden nugget of the day. And today's golden nugget is make sure you are relying on experts. So by that, I mean, uh, just this past week, I had an hour-long conversation with an attorney in my area, and I just got to pick her brain and um, really understand the legalities of what I'm doing in real estate investing. So make sure you're doing that. Make sure you've sat down with an attorney or especially right now, a CPA being tax time and really going through all the implications of what you're doing, making sure you're doing things right. Uh, also, I might throw in your insurance agent, do like an annual review with your policies with them. One thing I pulled away from the attorney discussion that I, you know, give as tangible, uh, tangible like takeaway from that is um, to have, if you're a landlord, like I encourage many of you to do, if you're listening to the show and have rental properties, then only have about two to three properties in each LLC. And that will help, you know, hedge against potential risk or lawsuits. So if you got properties, let's say you have five properties in one LLC right now, well, you just need to form the new LLC and quick claim deed those the properties to get it more even. Um, so quick claim, a couple here, a couple there, and just have, it's okay to have multiple LLCs and you'll just need to have a bank account, an EIN, and an operating agreement for each LLC. So that was one big takeaway aha moment I had from that discussion and something I'll be implementing right away with my business because what I found is that I have a little too many properties in this LLC and so I want to make sure I'm diversifying my risk, hedging my risk. You never know what will happen in the real estate world. So with all that being said, I hope you guys enjoy this episode with Dan Kennedy. Welcome to the show, Dan. How are you today? Doing great. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Yeah, we're glad to have you on. Um, Dan, first, just go ahead and introduce yourself and, and talk about where you got your aha moment in real estate. Aha. Wow. Um, well, I knew uh, I knew from a pretty early age that I wanted to invest in real estate. And I didn't necessarily, I, I certainly didn't know how. And I went to undergrad at UC Santa Barbara and read the Rich Dad, Poor Dad series and, and really started thinking about investing in real estate as investing in single family home rentals. Um, so I started, um, I start, my first investment was in 2011, which was, you know, a couple of years after the Great Recession. It was a great buying opportunity. Uh, felt like a very big risk that I was taking. And my goal was just to buy one single family home a year. And so five years passed, I looked up and I owned five properties and I was managing them all. And, 
and I, I wanted to scale quicker, but I was really constrained by my own money. And I was constrained by uh, the lender's appetite to, to lend to me because single family homes with conventional lending are far more difficult to finance as investment properties than commercial real estate. So I started looking for ways to invest my money in real estate outside of just buying single family homes. And that led me to syndications. Um, so I, I was in business school at USC and met one of my classmates, his family uh, is the champion real estate group family. And so I started investing in their syndications and it opened up um, my mind uh, quite a bit as to the opportunities that are out there. If you can go and put together a good real estate investment deal and how lucrative it could be, not just for you, but for everybody involved. So it's 2016, I made my first real estate syndication investment as a limited partner and uh, finished business school. And that's when my business partner, Matt Seamus, and I started Driven Capital Partners. Um, and it was it was really with the focus of, of how do we invest our money more efficiently and how do we scale um, uh, to be, to have a, a meaningful real estate portfolio that would provide us freedom, financial freedom. I mean, we're looking for passive income, uh, recurring income investments that would allow us to earn while we, while we slept literally. Uh, so Matt and I, it sounds, it's funny cause we didn't think it was very risky, but we sold everything we owned <laughs> and we funded driven capital partners. And we, we thought about it as our money was going to be the first money in any deal we did. And if we didn't raise any money, uh, we would go buy some real estate together on our own. Uh, so we started uh, our first deal was a small apartment deal in Huntsville, Alabama. And we had eight investors come along with us for the ride. Everybody made great returns. And that, got, that kicked us off in, in 2018. At the end of 2017, we bought that and that really kind of kicked us off to, to building the business that we have today, um, which is a portfolio made up of uh, apartments and industrial warehouses um, throughout the United States. We have about $100 million under management. And um, yeah, I mean, I'll, it's up to us to, to see where we take it, but we could, you know, the trajectory that we're on is exciting. It's very fluid. It's fast moving. Thank you for sharing all that. And uh, there's a lot of directions we could go from that. I also wanted to touch on a little bit of your past, and you're probably too humble to admit this, but uh, you are a major league soccer player. I think that's so cool. And you did that for 12 years, um, and you most recently played for the LA Galaxy. What was that like transitioning from that stardom to you know a career in real estate? I'm just curious. Yeah. Well, I personally was never... Um... I was never motivated in my professional sports career by fame. Um, and it just wasn't something I was ever interested in. So the stardom part of it uh, was never something, it was never even a reason why I was doing it. Um, I love the competition and I love the challenge and I love the game. And while I was playing, I was always really uh, actually s nervous about what was going to happen when I was done. 
And that's what drove my investment strategy. That's what was the force and the ambition behind the decisions that I made to invest in real estate because I knew my career was going to be short. Uh, I had a very, you know, as an athlete, um, you have a very small window to make money. And when it's over, it's over. And then you retire and you're in your mid thirties. If you have a great, like that's considering you have a great career. Um, so I was 30, I was 34, almost 35 when I retired from playing and your income goes from really good, the best money you've ever made in your entire life to nothing the next year. And so that's why I was very focused on passive income. And then, um, you, as I, as I think about what I'm setting out to do today, uh, my, my long-term goal is to make a bigger impact on major league soccer as a real estate investor than I did as a player in the league. And I've, you know, I was an okay player, but I had a long career. I was a part of the players association and, uh, had the privilege of, have had the privilege of, of leading the players association as an executive board member and, and collective bargaining agreements. And it was, um, a work of pride and trying to help the players out. Now, as I transition into what I do now, I want to, same thing, all these guys need to have tools at their disposal to be able to invest in so that when they do retire, they have something to fall back on. And mm -hmm. that'll make the transition from playing into your next career much easier. And so like for me, my life, my quality of life since I retired has actually improved dramatically. Yeah, because your income keeps going, whether or not you're playing soccer or not. And I'm sure that yeah. carries over. Do you do you have like a heart for people who are um, exiting professional sports and advising them along in different alternative investments like you provide? Yeah, I mean, particularly, I, I just try to reach out to my friends and that are retiring and going through it because it's a it's it can be a very challenging process because you're walking away from everything you know a structure that is timed on a daily routine, people telling you what to do and you get to go and turn on the lights on Saturday night and play in front of 30,000 people. And you can't, that's exhilarating. But for me, having a smooth transition in order to achieve that, you have to be financially comfortable. Uh, and so if you make good money and you don't invest wisely, you're, you're largely, going to retire and then your quality of life is going to diminish or you're going to have to go and work a job that you don't want to work. So what I always try to coach up athletes and thinking about is investing is just like working out. You're not, you're not going to go and get fit in, in 2022 by having a good workout routine the first week of January, right? You got to have a plan that is consistent and it has to happen over the course of a long period of time for you to get fit and then maintain fitness. If you want to get financially fit, then you have to do the, it, it's no different. You have to invest Well, you have to identify a strategy and set some goals. And then you have to have the discipline to go and execute them. And so this is predominantly what driven capital partners does is it, it gives people the opportunity to invest in real estate, high quality commercial real estate assets that you and I can't own by ourselves because independently, we are not wealthy enough to do so. But you can 
invest a small amount of money in six deals a year. And if you do that year after year after year after year, and you and you do it for 10 years, you're going to look up and you're going to have accumulated a, a significant wealth in real estate that is now diversified across the portfolio that is going to provide some great protection for you and some consistent incomes for you as you move on to what's next. Exactly. And you touched on the correlations between sports and a professional career and business. And there's just so much we could talk about, you know, you got to be in the game, right? And then you have to continue to put in the practice and work, which is for us it's analyzing deals every day. It's making offers every day. That's our practice. And, and that correlates very well to your professional career. So I'm sure you took a lot of that away from uh, soccer and we, anybody can do that. You know, if you're working a job that you may, may or may not like right now, stick with it and, uh, you know, use that to your advantage going forward. For example, I always tell people my story, I was an accountant for three years. And so I understood the tax law. I read up on it. I, I learned the, the nuances and then that's helped me greatly. Uh, now that I'm in, uh, real estate, of course, not everybody can have as cool of a backstory as you with the soccer, but <laughs> I, uh, I, don't I, I still like a to, blessing or a curse. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Probably a blessing for you. <laughs> Um, well, great. Let's, let's dive in. Cause I'm sure as, as interested as people are about, um, your, your history in sports, they're also, they also want to know how, how this conversation can help them. So let, let's turn this into, um, you touched on earlier, why is it harder to finance, um, single family investments versus commercial? Because my first thought is, well, single family is less expensive, so it's easier to finance that. Why is it, why does it get easier to finance properties the, the higher you go up? Well, the, the lender is highly focused on the individual buying a single family residence. And the single family residence in the world of real estate is typically looked at as an owner-occupied home. Now, we've seen a huge evolution and and fix and flips and buy rent buy renovate rent refinance so the world's changing and and the financing surrounding single family homes is changing but when i was doing it doing it in 2011 through 2015 we're coming out of the the great recession in which the world collapsed because of a bunch of bad loans on single family homes. And so the uh, guidelines for qualifying for these loans improved dramatically, which this is a great thing uh, for real estate investors because it becomes harder for people to qualify for these loans. Um, now, Dan Kennedy made $100 a year and the bank would look at my $100 a year income and say, well, we're willing to lend you $55 and you need to be able to pay us off over 30 years. And okay, well, I bought a house and I took a $40, $40 loan and then I bought another house and I took a $15 loan. Well, then I was tapped out because I wasn't making enough money playing soccer to buy more homes. I, I was, I was um, debt... Uh, my, my debt ceiling had been met 
And so that was the limiting factor. In commercial real estate, the lender is not, the lender is, is interested in uh, my balance sheet and how my life is operating financially. But assuming it's, it's sound and in good balance, and I don't have bad debt that I can't service, the lender is focused pre- predominantly on the asset itself. And so when we focus on, on buying real estate, we're always focused on assets that we uh, understand their cash flows and their cash flows seem like they will be very consistent into the future. Um, or we think we can buy a building and completely change the way that it operates and dramatically improve the cash flows. And so lenders look at those, those assets completely separately from whatever's happening in, in my life or the, the borrower's life. So it allows me to go out and try to buy $15 million pieces of real estate. Exactly. Because you're getting the focus off of Dan Kennedy and his ability to produce income at you know, a one-to-one ratio, the amount of hours that he has in the day to what can the asset produce? I think that's very powerful once you uh, get up to that level. And uh, a good book on that I recently read is Skip the Flip. And it was all about skipping the flip, You know, get on to assets that uh, the merit is is how much income it can produce rather than how much income you individually can produce. So that's all fine and great for people who are at that level now. But what about the first person starting out? You you did single family for a few years. Do you recommend, like, what was your exit out of that like? It was a decision on, it, it was a, it was an investment decision. And it was an investment strategy. And the strategy was, how, how do I scale? How do I scale my, my real estate holdings? Um, I was at my, my lending ceiling and the single family space. So I was either going to stay there, stagnate, um, or I was going to sell and roll it into something that I could scale, which at the time was apartments. Um, and COVID has changed the world and we still love investing in apartments and we still buy existing and we build, but we also buy industrial warehouses now too. And so we're, um, it was really just that it was an investment strategy to trade out of everything that I own to give me the liquidity to go out and syndicate and buy higher quality commercial real estate assets. So did you do that piecemeal or did you just package up all those homes and 1031 change that? No, no, no. It was. There was no 1031 exchanges out of the single family home portfolio. Um, and we, 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 I, I basically let the leases burn off and then I would go clean the property up and sell it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's one strategy. I've heard of other people. They just sell it as a package. You know, you may take a little a less profit when you, when you sell it together, cause you're looking at more of an investor type buyer, but both are good strategies to get out of the single family space. Yeah. Yeah. And single family homes sell typically pretty quickly. So in a, in a, in a healthy market. So that's, it was, it was easy to exit from. Right now. Now we've all heard of those people who just, they love single family. They have 50 to a hundred homes. How do they do it as far as, are they just carrying commercial loans on all these properties? I mean, when does, when is the bank tapping them out? Uh, in the single family residence space. Right. Like I, in, at least in my local market, I've, I've had coffee lunch with people who have significant amount of single family. Homes. Yeah. And that's, they, they, they've established a stronger relationship with a single lender or bank that mm-hmm. um, understands their business 
I had a hodgepodge of, of homes. I had homes in Northern California, Southern California, Texas. So I wasn't going to get a single lender on board across state lines that was going to understand uh, what I could do. Now I live in Santa Barbara, California. I've just, our business has established a relationship with a small regional bank. And typically with a small regional bank, you're likely to get some, you get afforded some leniencies uh, that maybe a Bank of America wouldn't allot you because you're not a big enough client. But with a small, with a regional bank, we're a big enough client that they'll write us a line of credit. So we could go and pull a $2 million line of credit and, and have a down payment for a small apartment complex that we're going to go out and syndicate the capital on. And then we're going to pay that line of credit back in 30 days. So these are the types of things that over a period of time, reputation is everything, you know, track record is really important. It is. It truly is. Now pivoting a moment to partnerships, because you, you, when you sold that package of homes or sold them piecemeal, you set out on this journey with your partner, Matt, um, who's your business partner and, and how, what was that decision like for you? Did you feel like you needed a partner to get on to bigger and better things or was it just natural? What was that experience like? Well, Matt and I are longtime buddies. Um, he grew up with, with my wife, our wives are best friends and it's, um, like having a good teammate in life is, is valuable. It doesn't matter what you're doing. Matt and I come from very different upbringings, backgrounds, um, complete opposite in terms of skill sets. Uh, so it was just a good, it was a natural fit and we're going to go out and try to, um, build a really substantial investment grade real estate portfolio to do that alone. is it's hard to do, but when you join forces with someone, you keep each other honest, you challenge the narrative of what you're doing, which leads to better decision-making and you get benefits of balance sheet. When you're going to a lender, um, typically you present better when you're trying to buy a deal. Uh, so there's across the board, we, we've linked up and we've helped each other achieve what, what we have done today. We neither one of us would have been able to, we, we, if we would have done it independently, we, we wouldn't be where we're at. That's for sure. So what you're saying is it's not necessary to break into commercial real estate, but it definitely has helped you specifically. Oh, for sure. For sure. Good. Uh, talk about a little bit the the experience between being an LP and being a GP because you started out uh, being an LP, which basically is a limited partner where whereabouts you just put in some capital, you understand the investment, but you don't have to do the day-to-day in and out uh, to becoming a GP. Now, what made you decide to take the leap there? Um, well, I, I wanted to learn. Um, I wanted to understand what it looks like syndication wise, get the documents, see how these guys presented themselves. Um, and I also wanted to invest in a student housing deal downtown LA next to USC. I thought it was a great investment. And it, it, it prepared me for the GP. It prepared me to sit on this side of the table, really. Um, it was a very good learning experience. And on the 
on the GP side, I mean, it's about leadership and we have a good, strong network and these people trust us. And we, Matt and I are typically the biggest investors in any deal. Um, so we put, you know, we, we, we are in the deal as much as anybody. It really shows people that you're committed to the, the deal success. Cause you have so much at stake. Definitely talk about, uh, and I know we're wrapping up here because we both have commitments uh, shortly. Talk about, uh, why commercial real estate is just that meaningful investment to you. Well, today is December 2nd, 2021 market stock market's going crazy because of the concern over, um, the next wave of COVID related issues. Yeah. And so I watch my stock portfolio go up and down 9% day in, day out. Mm-hmm. Reality is on every single property we own, December 1st passed and rents come in. Yeah. Rents come in. It's consistent. It's a slow moving ship. Um, and if you buy fundamentally, if you buy right, then these assets shall perform consistently for you over a long period of time. And the tax benefits are so creative that it's a winning, it's a, it's, it's not brain surgery. It's definitely a learnable um, investment space. And we're not guys that are recreating anything new here. Uh, We're just trying to do it in in an efficient way. And we're trying to allow ourselves and our friends and family to benefit from investing in real estate, just like people have for generations. I completely agree. And thank you, Dan, for sharing your knowledge on commercial real estate. If anybody's interested, go to drivencap.com to learn more about uh, Dan and and Matt and their work. Thanks, Dan, for being on. I really appreciate it. All good. Yeah, nice connecting. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Investing for Freedom podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and leave us a review. And tune in next week for the next episode.